Welcome back to Insurance Happy Hour. I'm Becky. And I am Laird. I got a gift this week. You got a gift? I did. You see? Okay. You got a gift of Old Forester 1920. Is that actually from 1920? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. It's okay. Not. Well, see, I, I have a fundamental problem with this, Becky. What, that I got Fun- a gift? That, it's not that you got a gift. I don't care that you got a gift. That That's fantastic that you got a <laughs> gift. And I understand that there's probably a story of about why you got a gift. However, we're doing this remote. Uh-huh. Oh, I can't share it with you. Is that your problem? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All I see is you shoving a bottle into the camera going, Old Forester 1920, look what I have and you don't. <laughs> well, that's true. If this was in the office, we would be opening this up and, and having this up together. And, and I see you opening it up right now. Yeah. This is, this is like, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't even talk about what this is like. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's okay. It smells good. This, this is the play by play. She is popping the cork. She's sniffing it. She took a swig directly from the bottle while giving me the finger. I mean, that's what happened. (laughs) It's delicious. So how did you get a gift? Just a loyal listener. A loyal listener. So is this gift for putting up with me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's for... Just being very generous and kind and sharing, you know, good vibes in this time where it's just hard. Oh, oh, well, I am definitely uh, not sharing the good vibes. I'm, I'm, I'm like the bringer of doom these days. <laughs> I'm like walking around with an ax in my hand going, taking shit out. Yeah. No, that's, that's great. Um, you know, you've been pushing for this sponsorship from Frito-Lay. Uh, yeah. And we've had listeners thankfully provide us, you know, chips and bean dip and all that from Frito-Lay. But mm-hmm. this is the first pre- presentation of alcohol for Insurance Happy Hour. Well, we 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 drink on this this podcast pretty regularly. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just talking about someone giving you a gift of alcohol. Of, of for alcohol. Insu- for, <laughs> for insurance, insurance happy hour. Yeah, I know. They're probably going, Laird probably drinks too much. We <laughs> probably need to save him from himself. <laughs> Laird doesn't need help in his liquor cabinet. He's got plenty. No, I don't. <laughs> However, the cupboard is running a little dry with with uh, COVID. I'm glad that uh, I, I've... I've been a prolific uh, hoarder of liquor bottles throughout the years, and but yeah, making some pretty serious dents on my liquor collection these days. Yeah, I know it's there, and this is actually kind of what I wanted to talk about. So this segue is pretty great. Uh, you know, the I don't none of us expected. I think this pandemic to be continuing here. We're a, a week away from August. Not at all. I mean, I remember asking you when we when we were making our continuity plans and working remote plans, how long do you think we're going to be working remotely? And you were like, four weeks. And I, I also remember Scott, Scott Upfield was asking me, what do you think this is going to do to our trade show plans for the year? Because we had a ton of trade shows that we were planning to attend. And I said, 
April, May are done. Like those are not going to happen. And now it's looking like none of them are going to happen this year. There's some that are still trying to happen, but like I, I would be shocked if they did. Well, do you remember whenever I did the first update to the company in April and I went crazy. I said, we will have no questions asked. You can work from home. No questions asked all the way through Labor Day weekend in September. People are like, that's way out there. Yeah. That's way out there. And we said, we'll reanalyze what we're going to do in August. I've already made the call that we're not going with no questions asked. You don't have to go back to the office until 2021. I know. And so it's, it is insane how, how far this has gone. It, I feel like we're living in a novel by like George Orwell or, you know, pick any of the dystopian novelists out there. I feel like this is, that is what we are living in because it is just surreal. It is so yeah. surreal to me. Yeah. And I, I don't, not going to say whatever, which way politically and in all of that, that I really lean on this, but there has been so much disinformation or misinformation, however you want to place that on both sides of the argument. And well, you can't do this, but you can do that. You know, like, aren't they the same thing? Oh, well, masks works. Masks don't work. This, this is highly deadly it's not as deadly it's not the flu it's kind of has the same uh you know death rate as as the flu it just bore it it affects certain populations differently there's all these differing uh, opinions and i think that what has happened is that the media has really lost its way because they are focusing exclusively on how to get clicks. Whatever is the click of the day, whatever can drive clicks is we've lost the news. And tell me, tell me who you believe whenever it comes to the, the news that comes from the coronavirus. Can you do it from CNN, MSNBC, Fox, Washington Post, New York Times? Wall Street Journal. Who, who do you believe? Yeah. It, there's, there's not a source that you can sit there and say, Hey, I believe this, or this is a good one. It's not like Walter Cronkite sitting there giving us the, the evening news and making us go, okay, this is the one voice. This is a clear voice because it seems like there's so many varying opinions and directions and, and needs. And my, my thing is, is that we are destroying this economy. We in the insurance industry is luckily slightly immune. We've noticed that in our numbers, we've noticed that in talking to agents and carriers is that people still need insurance. So they're still out there and they're still driving. People are still driving. They're just driving with their masks on, which is the weirdest thing. I always weird out when I see people wear it, driving, driving with a mask. I'm You're like, in the car by yourself. Why do you need your mask on? Yeah. And I, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're an Uber driver. They're an Uber driver or they're, they're running Postmates or something like that. But I look at it and I'm like, what, 
what does it need? What does it take to get this recovery back on track? And one of the things that I, I read, and sometimes Mark Cuban is polarizing. Sometimes I like him. Sometimes I don't. But one of the things he said is that we should just see the, you know, going back to school, going back to work until 2021, because we should have at least a viable candidate for a vaccine by that time. There's three or four candidates that are currently looking pretty good. And so we should have some production, maybe even going at that time. So let's stop thinking about, let's try to reopen next week. Let's try to get schools back in going next week. We've done it so far. Let's set ourselves up to continue to be successful remote while still allowing some type of human interaction going out because people needed it. You could see it. Stores were packed. Desperate. Desperate. Right? Like we, Texas opened in in May Mm -hmm. and so many people started going out. And granted, that's why our numbers are going up the way they, they have been. But they, they were just desperate. We need, as a species, that connection. And doing it over Zoom, doing it over FaceTime is not the same. I saw someone on LinkedIn said, if you want to have a conversation with me, it's not going to be over Zoom, Teams, blah, blah, blah. We can talk on the phone or you could find a place for us to meet in person. Because people are, are truly getting zoomed out. Like Teams is trying to come up with unique ways. Like the, the, they have a, a school view where everybody is at a desk. They, they <laughs> cut your picture out and they put you at a desk. And I, I think that that's pretty, you know, neat. Cause then like teachers can look at their room as, as in a desk environment. But man, it is getting so exhausting. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time right now. I, I will admit it, you know, the, and initially in, in the beginning, cause it was all so very fast. Um, there was, there was that, that struggle. And, but periodically there's just these times where it's, I'm just tired. I'm tired of not seeing anybody I work with. I'm tired of not getting to go anywhere, but my house or the grocery store I'm tired of, I'm just, I'm just tired of all of this. And that's, that's when I really, really struggle because, uh, you know, I have a, I have a friend of mine who said she, she got her first order of, of beer online from somewhere. I was, Drizzly? I, I guess. I don't remember. And she's like, I haven't drank it all this. Well, you know, sheltering in place. I'm like, I drink every day. <laughs> what are you talking about? I was drinking. No, I wasn't heavy drinking, but I was having something to drink every day, which is not something I normally do. Yeah. But I was doing anything and everything, including drinking, including eating more than I should have been to try to cope because there was just, it was, it's too much on some yeah. days. There's, there's a little bit of self-medication that I do and I'm not, it's, it's not actually not alcohol. People hear me talk about drinking. I love drinking. I love, I love going out and pouring a couple thousand back, but I, there the work is a little bit of a self-medicating thing for me. It allows me to tamp down the amount of extrovertedness that I have because I'm a high 
functioning person. Like, and then on top of that, high energy. And no, oh yeah. <laughs> if I can't get all of that out, I am um, really struggling, and I, I I mentally start breaking down, and I, I can kind of come out about it now because I finally posted something on uh, on Twitter about it. Is that I've been using this time to uh, I, I I told people if I ever retire. Or if I ever have a lot of time where I'm not traveling or I have more time off of work, I'm going to work out. And I'm one of those things that I do is I work out is, is that workout be, working out becomes work for me. And I, I get into the, the flow of doing it and I have to do it. And so since late March or sorry, late February, I've lost 50 pounds. That's amazing. And I put it eating, on, <laughs> <laughs> but eating right, uh, exercising and, but I realize that that exercise has been about the only thing that has kept me sane. Yeah. That exercise takes an hour and a half of my day every single day. And there are times where I'm having bad days and I'm like, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. Like I have to that time gives me a lot of time to think or whatever, but I come back in, by the way, walk in or, or, or running four to five miles a day in this heat. Oh, it blows. I, it, it sucks. It, it's, I don't it, know it, how you go out and walk for an hour and a half at five o'clock in the afternoon. And like, I do it. it like, you do. I, because we have these discussions, we'll, we'll be talking and I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to go for a walk. That happened this week. I was like, I'm just done. I'm going to go for a walk. <laughs> like, it's, it's fucking a hundred degrees outside and you are, you're, you're actually out like walking and not just like a five, 10 minute walk. You are really, really walking. Yeah. And it, it's just because I have to have that outlet. And I realized early on in the pandemic that I needed that outlet is that I miss going out. I miss friends and I, I miss working. I miss traveling. I, it's something that is ingrained in me. And if I ever retire, which I doubt I ever will, but if I ever retire, I know that I'm going to have some side gigs, you know, going to do multiple stuff. And the coronavirus pandemic has stamped it. Yeah. It's got what I would give to get on an airplane and, Go stay in a hotel somewhere right now for a couple of days. I it's I need I need to be somewhere different for mm -hmm. a couple of days. Really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and then you get jackholes like Justin Costa. I don't know if you've if you've heard from this this Yahoo this week. Nope. But, but I know where he is. Yeah. He decided to, you know, take some more time off and go up to Michigan and stay at a buddy's lake house. And he's sending pictures of them on the lake, 52 degrees in the morning, 70 degrees in the afternoon. The water is crystal clear at this lake. They have this patio that's overlooking the lake and the, and the forest. They're going to Mackinac. I think he's at Mackinac Island today, which if you know, you probably now know where he's at up, up in, up in that neck of the woods. But it's like, well, screw you. 
And, but then, but then he's like asking me like, Hey, um, do you have any N95 masks I can borrow? And I'm like, what, why do you need a 95 mask? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on a plane with my entire family. I'm like, Oh, where are you going? And you know, I, I I've flown a couple times during the pandemic, uh, only once for business. It was required. The other two times were, um, just out of pure necessity, I had to actually do it. And when you're doing it, it's like, I mean, you're like mask on and, you know, wearing glasses and a hat. You're like protecting yourself. You're like worrying about people sitting next to you. You're doing everything and it's become a process. You just can't plop down and go, oh, great. Some guy is in the middle seat. This is going to suck. Now it's like, oh, crap. There's a guy in the middle seat. I'm going to die. (laughs) I mean, I thought they were spacing people out on the planes more. Not anymore. Really? Yeah. Most of them have, have gone to full capacity, uh, full capacity. Uh, well, they're, I mean, they're losing millions every day. Oh, because people are traveling. Yeah. Like American last quarter lost two and a half billion dollars or something. I mean, like that, that, that's, that's some money. And, yeah. and by the by the way, they've lost that money, but also they've had funds that help pay their employees during those times, and that money is running out. Yeah, that's my biggest worry: is that the unemployment extra benefits are are running out, the uh, paycheck protection program is running out, and come October first, we're going to have yet another spike of unemployment claims because now everybody that got money for the PPP, um, that is good all the way through September. And then afterwards, you can let people go. Yeah. And so there's going to be more mass and, and the things are changing. I mean, favorite bars, favorite restaurants, either are closing or bars becoming restaurants. Like, all right, you, you know, this bar always offered food, but now they're officially a, a restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. Well, we were um, kind of bringing this back to insurance a little bit. <laughs> oh, um, is, 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 is this insurance happy hour or is this just happy hour? This is, this is just, I mean, we talked last week about our goal for this show, which is just to be entertaining. Uh, so I feel like the occasional non-insurance related podcast episode is just fine. Um, but we, ha- we, we hosted a webinar. ITC hosted a webinar with um, nationwide or former nationwide agent, Mark Vitale. He's now an independent agent, like all of the nationwide agents. Um, and, and Stuart Gannis, who is the, the SVP of sales at ITC and also an agency owner. And so what they were talking about was how do you grow your agency during a pandemic? Right. And, and Mark was specifically talking about restaurants because that's one of his niches for his commercial business. And, just the number of restaurants are going to end up closing because they just can't, can't maintain operations with all of this happening. They just, Mm -hmm. they're going to go under. Yeah. Yeah. There you can't in a lot of times places such as restaurants, they have a minimal staff requirement. You can't have the cook also doing the cleaning. You can't have the cook also doing the serving, but you can't have the server doing the bartending. You can't have, you know, there, there's a lot of, you know, 
uh, in the state of Texas, at least you have to be a certain age to serve alcohol, um, to actually bring it to the table. So you can't have just normal servers. You got to have now servers that are bartenders. There's a minimum level of staff that is required to run a restaurant. And it's in the neighborhood of probably 10 people to run a decent, decent sized restaurant. And that's just for one shift. So you now you've got to double it for that shift. Then you've got to have doubling on, you've got to have a third shift because everybody doesn't work, you know, seven days a week. Right. So now for a okay size restaurant, you've got to have 30 people. That's a lot to run just a medium sized restaurant. Now, you know, you could have a, a, a owner run restaurant where you have a cook, you have a clean, you, you have a bus boy, and then you have a wait staff. You could be the wait staff and a manager and you could get away with a lot less, but you're overworking your staff. But I'm just amazed at how many businesses have gone back or have never actually closed. Like I'll dr- I'll drive to the office and I'll be driving a whole past everybody because I'll, I'll go to the office a few times a week and I'll be driving past a whole bunch of other buildings and their parking lots are full. It's like some, some businesses just have continued and I, so I know there are business can, owners. Yeah, no, I know there are business owners out there who, even even though they may have been classified as an essential business, they had staff who were not essential. They didn't have to be in the office to do their job, who were perfectly capable of doing their jobs from home, but they still required them to come into the office, which boggles my mind. How is that good for your business? How is that good? But, but before you even get to the business part, how is that good for your employees? Yeah. They don't, they have no trust in you now. They don't, they don't think you see them as an asset, but as a means to an end. Yep. And and you can't run a business like that. And that's actually why I enjoy a lot speaking to insurance agencies and why I like the insurance agent market is that a lot of times agencies are you know, owner operated. They're there. They're part of it every single day. And and there are bad agencies out there where the the agency owner is practicing their golf swing or whatever they like to do. Um, but then you have the ones that are invested and you have to be invested to be an insurance agent. You have to have your licensing. You've got to keep up your credit, your CE credits. You have to continually be an agent on top of actually doing the work of being a salesperson as a, as a service person, you have to constantly be working. And what that means is that Agencies need to invest in their staff to keep them trained and up to date with their licensing. They got to give them the tools, but also those agents are invested in the agency as well because they're part of that and they're all sharing in it. And when we, everybody went to work remote, a lot of agencies were able to successfully navigate that. It was really great to see them. Yeah, our business is down a little bit, but we, you know, we're no longer going to the office. We're doing everything remotely. We love the fact that you can use all your tools remotely on a web browser. You don't have to install anything. We're able to work. We're able to continue to do business. And what's even better than that, we're finding ways to do business better. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it's, you know, one of the things that Mark and Stuart were talking about is you, there are, you could be doing things. There, there are answers to some of these problems, but you got to work hard. There, there is no easy answer. Put in the work, put in the time and, and you will be fine. Yeah. Whether that's finding new tools to, to be able to work from anywhere because hi, it's, you know, four months later and we're all still working from home or it's, you know, putting together a digital marketing plan because you can't do your in-person marketing anymore. I miss in-person marketing. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I miss, I God, I miss conventions. I never thought I would say that, but there you go. I, yeah. It, miss, miss traveling. I, they, like I went on a business trip, I actually met with the customer, went to their office and all that, but it was a day trip. It was, I left I, wheels up at 6 a.m. and I was getting in my car at the airport at 10 p.m. Full day getting out there, doing the meeting and all that. Whole time I was, you know, I was mummified. I, I was, everything I touched was instantly followed by hand sanitizer. And it's been a couple of weeks now. So I, you know, I, if I had gotten something, I, I would have been good at the, I would have known at this point but unless you're one of those that didn't have symptoms yeah yeah it, it, oh man now you get now you get the sniffles and you're like i'm dying <laughs> i'm dead well, i woke up with a headache this morning and i was like oh crap that's <laughs> i got the covid yeah well, it, you know <laughs> um and then but right now, allergies are, are kicking up on me, and I'm like, oh, I'm coughing a little bit. Don't have a fever, coughing a little bit, little bit of, you know, a little bit of tightness in my chest because of there's a little bit of drainage. I'm a little worried. And then I pop a Zyrtec D. It's fine. It's gone. I feel great. Yay. <laughs> I'm not dying. So, you know, what, what do you do on the days when it's really hard besides go out for an hour and a half walk in 103 degree weather? You know, I find new ways to learn is I love reading. I, I don't read books. Like, you know this. I'm not a big fiction reader. There, There's a couple authors that I like reading fiction on. But on the broad measure, I don't read like fiction books, but I read a lot of nonfiction. And also, I spend at least an hour a day on Wikipedia finding new articles, reading articles, seeing the differing points of views that sometimes come into those articles. But that's what I, I've been doing is doing a lot of research and I, things that I had looked at before and uh, wanted to learn more about. So that's actually what I've enjoyed about this. And I have a lot of extra time outside of just, you know, spending an hour and a half a day working out in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But there's one thing that has helped me immensely throughout all of this. What is that? My Garmin watch. <laughs> Your Garmin watch? Yes. Why? I, I react well to gamification. Oh, yeah. I love like beating the previous days. I like, I'm in challenges. This is going somewhere. I love challenges where we're challenging other people across the country. And I win every few weeks. You know, some sometimes some Yahoo is comes Is it somebody in. you know or strangers? Strangers. Okay. But if someone I know wants to, to connect with me, I, I'm fine with it. But 
the reality is, is that sometimes I win, sometimes I don't, but I'm always in this game. But guess what? Garmin has been down for the past two days. Have you been okay? A, a little bit. I'm worried that my, like, you know, my records and my, cause I, I'm on pace for like everyday records and all of that type of stuff. But they supposedly has had a ransomware attack that has oh. taken down their network. That's not good. This is the stuff that scares me. And so I woke up, you know, I saw this, but uh, last night I woke up and I was like texting and emailing and teamsing our IT team going, this is the stuff that keeps me up at night. And so now this is a new project. I'm researching all of our systems, making sure that they're good. Anytime that someone says, oh yeah, we're completely safe. If, if anyone says that to you, you've just flat out say they're wrong. What you can do is you can mitigate risk. IT. I can make it more difficult, like insurance. Yeah. yeah, IT is a lot like insurance is that your job is actually to mitigate risk, not actually to eliminate risk. And so I, today I've been looking at going, okay, how all of all of our systems set up? What if this was to happen to us? Exactly this happens. How would we recover? How long would it take for us to recover? And the answers come back right. However, I'm kind of looking like I just want to go up to the data center one day and unplug a machine and see what happens. <laughs> that would be so cruel. Le- leave a post-it note. Hey, Laird was here. <laughs> Send me a, t- a Teams message of cranberry I- juice to let me know you got this. <laughs> Oh boy, that uh, I still have not gotten that voicemail response, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I asked. Okay, so I asked Mark a question in the webinar on Wednesday that if you knew back in March what you know now about the pandemic, would you have done anything differently? And I want I want to know your answer to that question. <sighs> you know. It's a good question. You know, outside of the, I would have made a lot of different bets on the stock market. <laughs> I did make some pretty good bets on the stock market. I will say I, I would have made some additional uh, different bets on the stock market. Outside of that, I don't think I would have. I, I, I truly think that, you know, ITC was ahead of this. I we, think we, I, I think we made the right decisions. I think that we had everything set up. If I was to say something from a business perspective, I think that you should definitely have a better plan. Every business should have a very succinct plan of how to onboard employees. Remotely That's, or yeah. are you just talking about in general? Just in general, like having, hey, here's your here's your daily, here's your Bible. This is what your job is day to day. This is something that every agency, every business should have for every position is this is the Bible for the position that you can onboard a new person, you can bring them in, you can get them up to speed quickly. Because I think that that's the one downside I've seen is that it's been really hard to onboard really good employees during this time. Yeah. And we, we've been hiring. So we've actually had a lot of people who started in the last few months. Yep. We have. And 
so, some have gone really great and some some we've we've had challenges with yeah oh, i i think that's true just even even me or any of us who are so used to going into an office some of us have adjusted well to working remotely and some of us not as well I, we have three people starting on on Monday, and as they come in on Monday, it's like, here's your laptop, here's your soft phone, go home and start working. I, I mean, that's 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 not the onboarding plan. You know, we have an onboarding plan for them. They have their their list of what their job duties are going to be, what they're going to be doing. This is your day to day. We have a very well laid out plan for that. However, it's still odd going. All right, here's your stuff. Bye. Yeah. Well, welcome to ITC. This is our empty office. <laughs> yeah. Like all the lights are off. We have this conference room set up for you guys. And that's the only lights we have on the entire building. This is, this is the, this team sits over here normally. And this team sits <laughs> over here normally. <laughs> yeah. Well, where's my, where's my spot? I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll see who comes back into the office and who has a desk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That, what about you? What would you change? Uh, I wish I could say, you know, that it would be easy for me to say I would have changed some of my behavior in terms of probably some of the drinking and eating I was doing to self-medicate. But at the same time, I probably would have been crazy if I had not <laughs> done some of those things. So I can't, I can't regret that cho- those choices I made. No. Um, because I, it was, it got me through that first like six weeks, six, yeah. eight weeks or so. Um, I, I don't know what I would do differently. I mean, what is there to do differently? I mean, I would doom scroll less. <laughs> doom scroll? <laughs> what is that? Where you just go, you go start looking at articles. I scared myself pretty good the first few months about it. I mean, I was like, you know, I, I was ultra ultra good about, you know, wearing the mask and, and everything I touched, wiping down every single surface, all these types of things. And I, I mean, you, I would leave a trail of sterile behind me, you know, yeah. just everything. And it was because I would just read article after article about, you know, how the, 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 the doomsday pros, prophecy of it and all that. And that's, that's what doom scrolling is. You just read article and story after story and you scare yourself because you're just, it's, it's all of a sudden that every story needs to top the last stories, um, you know, scale. And I I think that's the problem with media is they're always just trying to one up and be the next, they want to be the next viral. They want the, to have the scoop. And it's gotten to the point where the scoops, it's, it's the story doesn't matter. It's just, if it's a scoop or not. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier about the setting of the dates for when we're going to go back to school or when sports are going to start or or whatever. And now, four months into this, having just hit 4 million cases in the U.S., only two weeks after we hit 3 million cases, it's it feels not the right move to set a specific date. Why are we going... By this date, we're going to go back to work. By this date, we're going to mm-hmm. go back to school. That that's not the right metric. It's not the 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 virus does not give a shit about the calendar. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And 
but then you have to balance it. There, With the there economy. Has to be, I, I, yeah. But even I'm even talking about today specifically. What is today? Baseball, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that it's the first day of baseball. They and there's no one in the stands and all that. They had to have a start. They had to set a date. And they're trying to return to some level of normalcy. So you do have to set some dates out there. But again, you have to be able to be fungible about those dates. If they move, they move. In Dallas, everybody was going to start going back either partly back to school. Um, you know, you had a choice of go to school in person or remote learning. Well, that was supposed to start uh, August 12th or 17th, depending on your district. And now that's been pushed into September, and yeah. that it's all remote learning, remote learning into September. And so everybody, they were all the schools that I saw notices from because we're subscribed because just happen to be subscribed to all of them at this point because people subscribe me to it. But they're all saying we're scrambling. Yeah. Wait, 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 why are you scrambling? There's no need to scramble. You've had months to plan for this. But they were planning to go back in person. I, there's no scramble. You should have said, hey, if it doesn't happen, we'll do this. If it does have that, you have to have a plan for every contingency. And I think that that's the problem with a lot of people is that they – they worry about the wrong things and they worry just, they find one topic to worry about. And I do worry about a lot of stuff, but what I do is I worry about all the div. My worrying is not about the issue. My worrying is the outcome of all those issues. Yeah. Is that I worry about all that my thinking about what are the various outcomes and how to overcome those, those issues are, is my worry. And so then whenever you know, it came around here early. It was in June where I just said, Hey, we're not going to go back. Uh, no need to go back in September. We're extending this through the end of the year. We'll reevaluate sometime in December. Again, no date, but I had no qualms doing it. I, it was an email. I didn't even have to consult the leadership team or the board. I sent the email and I was done because I really just was saying, this decision is easy. There's no, I don't have to worry about the decision. We, we have a contingency in place. Should this decision happen? And sure enough, it happened. Yeah. Would love to hear how our listeners are dealing with, uh, all this, uh, coronavirus stuff and how they are personally handling it outside of drinking, working out, doom scrolling, reading <laughs> Wikipedia, listening to insurance happy hour. Yep. How's your Fridays? <laughs> and see, I'm all dressed up for. I, I yeah, you got day. your Rangers hat and jersey on. I see it. Yeah, yeah. This this jersey's quite big on me now. <laughs> uh, I'm doing better. I'm I'm doing better with this. I saw you. I saw now. you ran earlier this week. Uh, that was yeah. Well, I've I've always that's the one thing that I have been really good at is I still get up at four forty five. Every day. Well, during the week. I don't get up at 445 on Saturday or Sunday. but Because that, that's the time I, I would get up in my normal life. Mm -hmm. I, and I know as insane as that is to hear somebody getting up at that, that time in the morning. But oh, You got the 5 a.m. club. Well, yes. The, you got the 5 a.m. club. Uh, but that's not why I do it. I do it because I need to get my 
exercise in for the day. And I have, what I've learned about myself is I, I do not, I, I very rarely am I consistent about exercising in the evening or the afternoon. If I don't do it first thing in the morning, I don't do it. Yep. So I made it a habit years and years ago to get up early enough to work out. And over the years, that's gotten earlier and earlier and earlier, usually because I had a kid and it requires more time in the morning um, to get them ready along with myself. And then, you know, I have one in schools. So that's such an early start time that, that now it's that's the time I have to get up to get work, to get my work on, to get ready for the day, to get them ready for the day and out the door. Uh, so I haven't changed that habit. I still do it. There, there are some weeks where I might miss a day here or there, but on average, yeah, I'm getting up five times a week at 4.45 and I'm getting some sort of exercise in. Not necessarily an intense workout always. My dog has really been wanting to go for walks lately and he's old and it's hot and humid here in Dallas as it is every summer. And he just can't run with me like we used to because I used to run with him all the time. Um, so I don't have the heart in me to try to pull him along because I would be yeah. pulling him along. So we walk. Not as long as you've been walking. I I walk for almost an hour, but we and because he's a dog, he has to stop and sniff every little thing. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it's not like it's a intense walk. Um, so you know, two or three days a week, I might be going for walks with him. Other days, I might be going for a bike ride, or I'm going out for a jog by myself, or I'm doing some other workout in my living room. <laughs> that what what happened this morning. My seven year old came out of her bedroom to go to the bathroom at. While I'm working out and she sees me in the living room, mommy, what are you doing? <laughs> getting my exercise in. <laughs> the house is dark, but mommy's getting her exercise in. So that 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 habit I've 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 still been keeping up. It's been good. Good. So, dear listeners, if you knew in March what you know now, would you have done anything differently? How are you coping? I would like to hear. Laird would like to hear. Maybe. Well, he he would. I, he's putting on a front. I promise he does. Hit us up on Twitter. I am Becky L. Schroeder. Laird is L. Ricksford. You can tweet using the hashtag insurance happy hour. Uh, or you can also post it on LinkedIn. We can see it there as well. You should definitely subscribe if you haven't already in your favorite podcast app. And yeah, subscribe. Because generally we'd say if we see you in person, we're going to subscribe you ourselves. But That's you haven't really, really been out in public lately. Yeah. All right. Well, look forward to chatting next week and maybe even talking about insurance a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, this is good old school. This is a good old school Becky and Laird happy hour. This is not the the insurance version of the happy hour. We 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 talk a little bit about work, but a lot of it's uh, just a bunch of back and forth bullshit. So, <laughs> welcome to the fold. You're now family. Should we should we change the name to the bullshit happy hour? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a great episode. And as always, thanks for listening.
I can't wait. I can't wait to find out what you have today. I wish <laughs> then was now. <laughs> when will then be now? Now. When? Just then. When did you miss it? Now. When? Just now. All right. You can go ahead and start the episode now. You've been you recorded all that for the bump. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh-huh. Okay.